Hello, and welcome to this episode of Hammering Down, presented by Birmingham Sports. I'm your host, Kaylor Hodges. I'm hoping you're having a great one. Welcome to the first ever pre-match preview. Very exciting, isn't it? I mean, this is going to be the first one on this podcast, and I'm so, so excited. Um, this one, I was joined by Mr. Rob Usry, who is the founder of Dirty South Soccer, which I'm sure many of you guys have listened to if you're Atlanta United fans. I know basically nothing about Atlanta United except uh, Joseph Martinez plays for them and Brad Guzan is bald. <laughs> That's really about all I know. That and they like to splash cash on people from South America. That's about it. So I learned a lot about Atlanta United. We're going to talk about their team, about their upcoming season, about how they're going to stack up against the Legion, and just general predictions on how the match will go. It's a really good, interesting talk, and if you want to hear more content like this, um, obviously follow this podcast because we're going to be doing this a lot this year, but also check out uh, Dirty South Soccer. They do a ton of great content, and it's just fantastic reads. But I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Go ahead, get yourself some of that nice red diamond coffee and tea, and let's get into it. All right, welcome to this episode of Hammering Down. I'm your host, Keller Hodges, and I'm being joined by the founder of Dirty South Soccer, Mr. Rob Usry. How are you doing, bud? Hey, Kayla, thanks for having me. Before we uh, jump on in, uh, if you want to give some of the listeners a little insight, what exactly is uh, Dirty South Soccer? Yeah, Dirty South Soccer is SB Nation's official Atlanta United blog. Um, We cover everything from, you know, news, rumors, have the occasional opinion piece, basically anything that has to do with Atlanta United, we try to cover it as as best we can from an independent perspective and from a fan perspective. So I'm just interested, how did you start that? Because you founded it and obviously it started off pretty small or at least it seemed that way. And then you guys have become basically the leading source in all Atlanta United news, at least for the fan side of it. Yeah, so I joined SB Nation, I want to say maybe back in 2015, 2016, something like that. And I started with the U.S. national team blog and that's how I originally got on and, you know, I started doing a few more things with them. And, and as time went on, I knew that Atlanta United was coming up and I knew there was going to be an open spot for that blog. So I contacted uh, Jeremiah O'Shawn, who's um, like the brand manager for all of the whole soccer community at SB Nation. And he said he was interested in bringing on an Atlanta United blog and just to, you know, start a little website on, I guess it was Blogspot at the time. I forget what, or WordPress is what it was. It's, you know, a free little site. So I, you know, built up a small little um, staff and started writing like they would on SB Nation. And, you know, after a few months, he loved what he saw and he brought us onto the, onto the network, maybe like a full 18 months before the the team even started. So we were like going full coverage before they even had a name and everything. That's awesome to hear. Hopefully, you know, what I'm doing can get to half the size of what you guys are doing because it's absolutely insane. I love reading your things, Um, all the stuff that comes out of, out of uh, dirty south i read i read to learn a little bit about atlanta united but that's part of what i brought you on here for is to talk about atlanta united uh as we're recording this the upcoming sunday on the 28th i believe is the date the uh birmingham legion and atlanta united are set to kick off for two friendlies one being first teams 
uh, friendly and the other one being reserve friendly. So unlike last year where it was kind of all in one, this is basically going to be a clash of both first teams. It's going to be a real measuring stick for both squads of finding out what kind of players they have on the team. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good exercise for Atlanta United, especially because when you consider we're basically under two weeks from their first, like, real competitive match, it's going to be a good test fitness-wise and, you know, talent-wise, just under a new manager and Gabriel Heinze. And, you know, they need all the reps they can get, especially against the, a competitive side like the Legion. Um, we saw last year, obviously, they were a very competitive side, gave Atlanta United all they could handle in that friendly. And, you know, I don't know exactly where the usl is in their preseason warm-ups but i would assume it's going to be a similar level of competitiveness in this one so that should help atlanta united and the legion for sure on the legion side this is our second official friendly we played against uh chattanooga fc the nisl or nasl one one of the nsls um that club and we beat them 2-0 and from all accounts it seemed like it should have been a lot worse than that a lot worse of a score line. So it's definitely a good squad, at least on our end. What every Legion fan is going to tell you is that our offense is going to be deadly. I mean, it's it's a crazy good offense, but the back line, they're good, but there's no depth. So if anybody goes down, you know, it's, it's going to be real trouble. What are kind of the highlight points for Atlanta this year? And what do you think is going to be the big the big weakness for the club? Oh, that's a good question on weakness. Um, last season, our weakness was undoubtedly the attack. I think this season, um, Gabriel Lanzi has come in. He's really pushing the team forward, getting, getting them on the front foot. We've had, I think, two preseason friendlies already. We finally got to see a live stream of the match against the Charleston Battery um, on Saturday. And I mean, we just loved what we saw. We saw the team pressing high, just everything you'd want to see from an Atlanta United perspective like from the old days, from 2017 to 2018, when we were so fun to watch, uh, that sort of, that style sort of just completely went out the window when we changed managers. Um, it really feels like that's coming back. Um, as far as a, a, an overall weakness under Gabor Heinze's team, um, I'd say probably just the midfield right now is kind of a question mark. We brought in two uh, players from Argentina from, from the midfield perspective. They were very young uh, very inexperienced, actually. I think they might have 20 overall professional games between the two of them. So it's really going to be a work in progress, getting that chemistry, getting that understanding between who's going to play where and such an intricate system. So I think that's if if the Legion are going to have success in this match, it's going to be, you know, dominating that midfield and really controlling the play in that, in that middle third. Yeah. And what you're saying there's probably a lot of legion fans right now listening to this who are just licking their chops uh because that is our strength our biggest strength is our midfield uh we've only lost one player from last year um everybody else is coming back so there's a lot of continuity between everybody our midfield is very strong and we have a lot of guys who are on our bench who will ease who are easily starters in a lot of other clubs in the usl championship um especially the biggest one of note at least to me is we have a puerto rican uh national he's been officially capped with the men's national team um jaden cervania a brother of Braden cervania um and he's going to be a guy on the bench which it's crazy having a national team guy on your bench 
especially a young one at that. Um, something I saw last year from Atlanta United in very small uh, increments. I went to the Atlanta United FC Cincinnati match and last year. And one thing that stood out to me was your left side was being just completely gashed open by Gutman, which that didn't lead to anything because Cincinnati is horrible at scoring the ball. But is that something that kind of happened all year? Or was that just that one night? Oh. Well, last year it was just a complete train wreck, honestly. It's just Atlanta United fans want to completely forget that happened, wash it out of their memory. I mean, and I think everyone will. Uh, uh, I can't even remember who started that game. It was probably some form of like John Gallagher, Adam John, Jake Mulraney, just a bunch of uh, players who probably should have been playing against the Birmingham Legion last year in full time. <laughs> um, just it's really hard to compare this year's team to last year's team just because there's so much change. Um, but not, the way you talk about the Legion's uh, attack, it's, it's, it's a shame that we like a lot of people won't get to see this match. Like the people who go and, uh, you know, go attend it in person. It sounds like they're going to get uh, treated to a very good game because Atlanta United is going to be on the front foot and then Legion apparently has a really good attack and doesn't sound like there's going to be much defense in this game at all. So <laughs> It should be one fun one to watch if you can. Yeah, I mean, something interesting from the Legion perspective is that we we usually play a four-man back line, but it's really a two-man back line because we have Johnny Dean, who by all accounts is the fastest player in the USL, holding down one side. And the other side, we have a guy named Ryan James, who was the captain of Pittsburgh last year. And he is just a goal-scoring threat all the time. He, in fact, at Pittsburgh, while even though he is a natural defender, he played central midfield for them last year because he's just that good with the ball at his feet. So really it's going to come down to Fanuel Cavita and Alex Cronali, uh, who is a uh, sorry Columbus Crew product. He spent three years there with over 60 appearances for the club starting. So he's a real deal MLS talent. Um, and we have those guys who are going to be holding it down. And we always have a good run of goalkeepers. But it doesn't really matter if you are how good of a goalkeeper you, you are. If you're going one-on-one with Joseph Martinez, you know, you're just kind of screwed, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, sh- it should be very interesting. It's from the sound from the sound sound of it, it sounds like um... – the Legion really like to push their fullbacks into the attack and get them involved. And LA United is the same way. They've they, technically they start out in a four-three-three under Heinze, but the, the the central defensive midfielder drops in that third center back spot, and the you know the two and the two other center backs flank out, and the fullbacks push all the way up the field. So it it sounds like it's going to be a wide open game. Um, you know, as far as defending Joseph Martinez goes, that's going to open up a whole can of worms, uh, just because. We, we honestly don't know how healthy he is. He, he's, he's obviously back and fit and training and still playing in matches, but from the looks of it, from the 30 minutes we got to see against the battery, he's still, he's still a little bit off the pace and definitely not the Joseph Martinez we all know and love, but, you know, it's going to take a lot of time to get him back into 100%, but it's just, it's very unknown right now how long that's actually going to take. So it's kind of a wait and see process in that regard. But isn't it kind of, I mean, at least from my perspective, 
a guy like Justin Martinez, even if he's half healthy, if he's half as good as he was, he's still most MLS team star striker. I mean, dude is just an un, unreal talent, especially going against a lower league side like the Legion, who, while the Legion are a very good squad, and I think that they are legitimate title contenders this coming up year. Graham, a little bit biased here. Um, but even then that's a pretty big jump from USL to MLS. So it's, he's definitely going to be a major test for this, just the entire Legion squad. Cause just like for you guys, we do generally, or at least the way it seems from our, what we little we have seen from our preseason friendly, we are also going to be playing a four, three, three and Tommy Stone does like to have his, uh, his defensive midfielder drop off onto an Island uh, kind of exactly like what you're describing. So it's basically going to be two teams playing the same exact way, same exact style, except Legion tend to be a little bit more counterattacking than Atlanta United are. So that's really going to be the only difference between the two clubs, it seems like, when it comes to the tactical uh, sense. Yeah, I, I really imagine that Atlanta United is going to face a lot of teams who are very, you know, cautious and sit back and like to counter against them this year so if that does end up uh, happening with the, with the legion in this game it should be a very good preparation for what they're going to face in the regular season i imagine under heinz's system they're really going to dominate the ball and win it back in those key areas and have a ton of possession so it should be a good exercise for both teams so going away from this friendly for just a little bit i kind of want to know more about the atlanta united squad about what's coming up this upcoming year uh, you guys actually signed one of one one of Legion's players. Uh, I'm gonna mess up his name, Josh Bauer. Uh, you guys just drafted him in the second round of the MLS draft, and he he was a great player for us. And that's a lot of depth that you guys have, which is going to be needed because if I remember right, you guys are in the Champions League again, thanks to the not so open cup <laughs> from last year. Yeah, um, that was very fortuitous, obviously, because our season last year did not warrant any rewards at all. But um, as far as Josh Bauer goes, uh, we finally we, we got to look at him um, against the battery uh, for, I think, maybe 30 minutes. And he played like on, on the right side of the, the, the defense as a right center back. And he looked very calm, very composed. Uh, it, it should be noted, though, he's not actually signed to a contract, even though he drafted him, um, which was a a hilarious draft hijinks. I don't know how he fell so far to us. He, he was, dra- have. He, yeah, he was, he was projected to go maybe top five, top 10, and he somehow dropped in the second round. But the, the, the first look we got at him, he looks very calm and composed and he seems to be competing very well for a spot, but we don't know if he's competing for a first team spot or if maybe he's going to catch on with a second team, but it's just, it's so hard to judge draft picks in MLS and how they're going to catch on. But, so far, so good for him. We'll see how that shakes out for him. Yeah, he – I mean, Josh Bauer was projected to be y'all's first-round draft pick. I mean, everybody's had him go into you guys, which everybody thought was really interesting, but it made sense because you guys have had more regional scouts be able to check him out because uh, you guys are the closest ones besides Nashville, which Nashville doesn't really have a foothold in Birmingham like Atlanta does. But – and then he fell to you guys the second round. So you guys kind of had a dream draft if all the guys turn out to be right. But this upcoming year, you guys doing the Champions League again and you guys being involved with the Open Cup, having a full, normal uh, MLS schedule, 
there's going to be a lot of match congestion going on. How does the depth look for you guys? Because everybody knows the starters. Everybody knows Atlanta is going to be solid with whoever they put on the field. If something were to go wrong and someone were to get hurt or someone has to be suspended for a match for any reason, what are we looking at with the other guys? Yeah, I'm very, I'm very encouraged with our depth uh, heading into this this season compared to last season. Obviously, we we brought a ton of new players in from Argentina. Uh, Santiago Sosa is probably our most high-profile player. He's going to be our starting defensive midfielder, the guy I was talking about who drops into the midfield or the middle of the defense. Um, um, but even outside of like high-profile signings, we have guys like Machop Chol, who we signed as a homegrown player, who like really impressed against the battery this past weekend. He's drawing rave reviews from everybody in training camp. We got guys like that. We got guys like Eric Lopez, who we signed last year, who couldn't play for some weird reason, some MLS hijinks I don't understand. But it seems like the overall depth this season is very much improved. Um, We can probably fill two different starting lineups and not miss too much of a beat. I think our biggest, thinnest position right now is probably center back. So maybe if they could find a way to sign Josh Bauer, that would help a lot, especially with so many competitions, like you mentioned. But right now, I'm pretty confident. But, you know, with injuries and whatnot, who knows what's going to happen. But as it stands now, I'm pretty confident with the depth. Yeah, with Josh, I'm pretty sure with us, whenever he did get playing time, he he was a center back slash right back. So those are two positions you could easily slot him into. And I think through the expansion draft, you guys signed Gutman, whom I mentioned earlier, which as me being a FC Cincinnati supporter, uh, you guys got a great one with him. The dude just does not stop. He's running from the first whistle to the very last one, and he just does not give up. So, and he has a ton of MLS experience. And if I remember right, he's a Celtic guy. I mean, just a just amazing talent. I shame it didn't work in Cincy. But yeah, you guys have a, a ton of depth from what I've seen. This- well, speaking of MLS weirdness, we did actually sign Andrew Goodman from Celtic, but we sent him on loan to the Red Bulls for the season. So he's not actually with us this season. So it's, I don't know, it's 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 such a weird process because we drafted his rights from in the re-entry, some re-entry draft and then it took like a month or two to sign him and then we sent him out on loan for the season. It seems like some weird insurance policy in case we do sell George Bello, but it's just all over the place. It's so hard to keep up with MLS transactions. This is the one good thing that USL has is that we don't have all that. That's the great thing about being a, a USL fan. It's just you don't have to deal with the BS like that. It's so annoying having to keep up with how players get paid, how many how many certain players you can have, how you can give them money. It's It's just a weird system. It was, it's, it's actually funny. The, the Atlanta United somehow dipped into the USL market and messed up something up for. Uh, uh, they signed this center back Alex Dijon, who played for Orlando Orlando City for the past two seasons. I'm not exactly sure what USL team he signed for, but he signed for a USL team like two months ago. But he had some weird clause in his contract to where if he signed an MLS contract before March 18th or March 15th, they would release him with no no fuss no transfer fee involved and that happened and so they basically took a player for free from a usl team so it's just so weird it's, i don't understand it yeah i mean it's i think that also happened to cal jennings going out to lafc he was originally a memphis guy then indy 11 signed him 
And then LAFC just picked him up, which he's probably going to be since their two-team anyway. I don't think uh, LAFC is going to use him that much, but maybe they'll prove me wrong. But, yeah, there's a bunch of those contracts because a lot of people who have not accepted the fact they're USL championship talents uh, put that stuff in their contract because there's a chance that they could squeak in to a to a first-team spot in the MLS, which some guys – want to go to the MLS even if they don't play because there's the prestige of MLS other guys want playing time it just it's just kind of funny with what kind of guy you're getting because I know we have a guy in Bruno Lapa which you guys are going to be seeing a ton of uh this Sunday he is easily our best player which is insane to say considering we have MLS guys we have two uh, national team guys one who's Puerto Rican the other one is Japanese uh, who just resigned today, I believe. Um, and then we have, you know, like I said, M- MLS guys galore, but he's our best. He is just the best player on the team, and he just resigned for us. And so we're hoping if an MLS team comes, picks him up, you know, they'll have to pay a transfer fee or we get all the years with them. But there's a lot of guys who would just rather go to MLS, even if they don't play. Yeah, it's it's a very weird conundrum for players like that. I, I do understand why the USL team would insert a clause like that into a contract. Just don't, you know, just making that gamble that they won't get that contract. So it sort of makes sense, but it's still, you know, it has to be hard for a, a general manager or a technical director or whoever's running those transactions for USL teams. For sure. So Atlanta United we've talked about the depth. We've talked about how congested the team is or the, the schedule is probably going to be. I know the, the full schedule is releasing later today. So you guys are going to officially know when you play everybody, but you've kind of got an idea with the squad and what's going to happen. Sort of how, what is your confidence coming into this year for Atlanta United? And do you guys see yourself finishing in a top four place for the playoffs? I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for the fans, but personally, I'm confident as hell. I, I excuse my language, but just I, I, I put out a tweet like literally maybe four days after they fired Frank DeBoer way back, you know, eight months ago, and I said Gabriel Heinze is the guy. They should hire Gabriel Heinze, and it ended up they did. Um, I just love everything about him. I love his attitude, his you know, his style of play. And everything I've seen so far between the, you know, the signings, the mentality of the club and the players, just everything's pointing in the right direction. Everything's lining up for, for it to be a great season. And, you know, as long as we avoid, you know, some catastrophic injuries, I think that'll come to fruition in the end. Yeah. Frank DeBoer, because living in the South and living in Birmingham, where Atlanta United has a solid following here. I had a lot of people ask me about Frank DeBoer because I've been watching crystal palace since i was five years old and i remember the DeBoer years and i still hate the dude (laughs) on one hand he brought us roy hodgson who's kept us in the premier league on the other hand i watched us go like nine matches without scoring a single goal and i hated every single moment of it so the moment i heard that you guys were signing him i was like that's not going to go well it's just not and the netherlands i think are getting destroyed by turkey right now if i had to if last time i checked so good to see old divorce living up to his name but neither here nor there yeah i don't really don't want to go down to that rabbit hole too much but 
I think everyone's found out that you know he's just not he's not a good manager. Cutting plain and simple. That's that's all there really is to say. So last time I checked, uh, you're Atlanta United too. Uh, their old coach or their coach from last year just signed a contract with uh, a League One or League Two side in England. Is that right? Actually, he became the manager of Aberdeen, who's in the Scottish Premier League. Oh, Scottish Premier actually, League. They're Sorry. actually, uh, this is going to be a weird rabbit hole we're going down here, but they're actually our partner club. Um, I want to say Darren Eels is who is our president. Uh, he, I don't know how it worked, but somehow he ended up on the board of Aberdeen. They invested money into the club. And there's just some weird circle going on where, you know, we're getting players from them and we're sending them weird stuff. It's just this whole thing that nobody understands right now. And it's very weird. Yes. I mean, the only reason I really ask is because for us, uh, two knotted is now in our group as they were last year. So that's going to be another time that we get to play uh, Atlanta United two and see how they stack up because these last few years, they've just, aren't good and i know that sounds just really harsh and mean but i mean they just really haven't been but there's always those flashes and sooner or later it's going to ramp up and to not it's going to be a really solid squad kind of like baby bulls are but it i don't know how soon that's coming and losing their coach or sending their coach on loan or whatever's happening that's just very strange and it doesn't seem like a good idea to do with the usl season starting soon yeah, I mean, that's completely fair to say that we haven't been competitive. And I'm not sure that the, you know, the, uh, as I don't want to be disrespectful to, you know, full-time ML or USL teams, but I'm not sure the whole goal is to be completely competitive. It's, you know, to produce players, get players, you know, moving in the right direction professionally. Um, But, you know, you're not wrong as far as our outlook for this season. We haven't, we don't have a coach now that, you know, Stephen Glass has left. Uh, there hasn't been any, you know, replacement discussions yet um really hasn't even you know been too many player announcements we signed a few guys like robbie mertz um maybe one or two more guys uh so i'm not sure i don't i don't know how positive any atlanta united two fans if those even exist should be about this team <laughs> um we have seen a few players uh in training camp we saw a few against the battery and this guy his name is abdullah Jop, and um he played that holding role I kept talking about in the defensive midfielder, you know, when the reserves came in and he's, he was hitting some amazing passes and playing some good balls. So I do think, you know, there is some talent down there, but I'm just not sure as far as wins and losses goes, that that's a big concern for the club. They're just worried about, you know, getting that talent of conveyor boat moving. Totally fair. So let's just, uh, for the last thing, let's just talk about this match coming up. I know we talked about it a, a good bit at the beginning, but I just want to just throw it all out there. So we're having a first team match and then a reserve match, which I don't know for sure, but for the first team, it's going to be I mean, a pretty, our normal lineup. I think a lot of Birmingham Legion fans should be really excited for what they're going to see. Cause it's going to be what we're rolling out on May 1st against the Indy 11, but the reserves that if I had to guess for us, it's going to be the players on the 18 who didn't play and then some youth guys, but for y'all, I'm assuming it's going to be probably some Atlanta United 2 guys and then some guys who didn't play from the 18. But let's start with the first team first. 
for Birmingham Legion fans, what are the players to watch out for? Who do you think is going to be making the big plays? And in the end, what do you think the final scoreline is going to be? All right, so it's it's just to give you an example of what I'm thinking. Um, I guess the battery, we played some weird configuration of you know, it was you know, four thirty minute periods and basically split into two games, like two 60 minute games. And we had two different starting lineups for each one. And there wasn't really no rhyme or rhythm as to who they started. They started a few young guys and starters with one group and some starters and young guys with the other. So I'm not sure if they're going to do that or not, but I'll just give you my preferred starting 11 as you know, the best 11 possible right now. And maybe that'll be the lineup and maybe it won't, but um, Obviously, Joseph Martinez would start up top for us, along with uh, Marcelino Moreno, who is another designated player on the left wing, Jurgen Dom on the right wing. In the midfield, I would have uh, Emerson Heinemann. Well, maybe not. Yeah, Emerson Heinemann, just because Franco Abaro just got into the country and he's not fit. Um, Ezekiel Barco playing alongside him in the in that double number eight role, whatever you want to call it. Santiago Sosa in this center defensive midfield role. Back four would be George Bello, Miles Robinson, George Campbell, and hmm, Ronald Hernandez, who's another new signing who actually was came from that Aberdeen partnership I was telling you about. It's another weird situation. And then obviously Brad Guzan and goal. As far as players to keep an eye on, I keep mentioning Santiago Sosa. He seems like going to be the quarterback of the team. Like I hate to make that analogy just because I hate the correlation between American football and soccer, but it's going to happen. We're in the South, whatever, but he's going to run the, run the show, have most of the possession, hitting the long balls, distributing. And then, uh, but keep an eye on Ezekiel Barco is I'm sure even the casual USL fan have probably heard of Ezekiel Barco. He's like the most expensive signing at one point or another when he first came into the league, but I really think it's either going to be this year. Or it's going to be no year for him. He, uh, he hasn't lived up to the hype. He, the, the massive price tag we paid for him has been a huge disappointment, but early in the preseason, he's looking extremely exciting, uh, motivated. And if that keeps on it, maybe he has a great year and we can sell him, but he's definitely one to keep an eye on. And then obviously Joseph Martinez, uh, let's see how he does. Who knows? For sure. So for I want to go through what I think the starting lineup is going to be for Legion, and we're going to start in the back because that's probably going to be the easiest. So in the very back, we're going to be it's either going to be Mr. Matt Van Okel, who has a little bit of MLS experience and a ton of USL experience, or Ford Parker, depending. We don't really know. He also got some starting time last year, and he is an absolute stud of a goalkeeper just an absolute talent, which it'd be interesting to see if he gets some first-team minutes. Going to the defenders, we're going to be putting out Ryan James, Alex Cornali, uh, Fanuel Cavita, and Johnny Dean. That's pretty much set in stone. I don't really know if we even have other players who are not on trial right now who are even going to be playing, who are even under contract with us for the defense. So the four guys we have, they're going to play. Our midfield gets a little bit interesting. Defensive midfielder is going to be someone that a ton of Atlanta United fans know and love. It's going to be Anderson Asiadu. He is uh, he's going to be holding it down back there. I absolutely love that man to death. Um, then from there, it gets a little bit hazy. We have five more people to go, and we have a ton of talent. 
So it's probably going to be a former MLS rookie of the year, Mikey Lopez and uh, Bruno Lapa. Uh, don't really know if they're exactly going to, those are probably going to be the two people in the midfield who are probably going to be playing center for them or for us really. Um, and then after that, the forwards is where it gets confusing. We know Junior Flemings is going to start. He is just, he is the best striker in all of USL, and there's no way around that, even if his on-the-field conversation is not always the best. Um, Nico Brett, who is another Jamaican national, along with Junior Flemings, dude scores like no one else's business, probably the second-best striker in the league behind Junior, and we have them both. And then the third spot is going to be kind of a toss-up. Do we want to throw in Jane Cervania, who has shown a lot of growth? Do we want to put out Prosper Kasim, who has a ton of playing experience with the Legion? Or do we want to put J.J. Williams out there, who is another guy that... Atlanta United legend, J.J. Uh, Williams. One of the best red cards I've ever seen. Just kick <laughs> a man and then cuts, cuts out a rep. A ref, absolute legend. <laughs> so... I don't really know. We don't, that's the interesting part is we really have one player who we don't really know who's going to play because JJ could start and play a weird version of a 10. He would, he plays, uh, he is a really good ball winning player and is really good at distributing the ball and which is going to be perfect for someone like Nico and junior Flemings who they're not exactly poachers, but they can occasionally make the solo play, but they need a little bit of help. But you also have a guy like Prosper Kasim, who is one of the most efficient players in all of the USL in the sense of how he can move the ball around. He can get uh, the ball himself from point A to point B. It's just that final touch or that final pass that kind of lacks him a little bit. But that's kind of what I'm expecting from the first team for us, and then we'll see what other guys come off on the bench. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you mention uh, Anderson Asiedu. Um, I was, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I'm honestly shocked he's still in USL. I figured he'd catch on with an MLS team eventually. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, an, an international thing. Maybe you just can't find his green card yet. But when he was with Atlanta United in preseason, after we drafted him, I was really impressed with him on the field and off the field. He's just one of the funniest guys I've ever seen. Like he was, his personality is amazing. I wish I, if I could have like a tenth of that personality in my life and just that positive attitude, I'd be going a great, a great way. He's absolutely one of the nicest humans alive. And then he gets on the pitch and you think he might kill a man, which is awesome. I mean, last year, I think we saw him get three red cards and they were all deserved, but I was so excited for every single one of them. They, every single time I was just so hyped up because it was like, this dude really keeps doing it and it gets his teammates fired up. Everybody wants to play for him. I love Anderson so much. He's just a little wrecking ball. Yeah. Every time I've seen him, I've been impressed with him. He's all over the field. Maybe, maybe he does. I mean, I haven't seen a ton of him, so maybe he does like that, you know, little bit of quality that separates him between a, MLS player and a USL player, but I'd have him on my team any day, even if it's just a role player. And the, then, go ahead. The only the only thing about Anderson that is a downside is he loses possession a ton, and it's not from 
not being able to control the ball or being or having a bad pass. He's awesome at both of those things. He can keep the ball all day long and he can pass with the best of them. The issue is, is he keeps shooting from like 30 or 40 yards out. He just has a go whenever he wants. And usually it always goes about 20 yards too high every single time. We all see him squaring the ball up at least three times a match. And we know it's going high, but we still get excited every time because maybe this time he doesn't. I mean, he loses possession a lot that way, but I don't know. It's kind of exciting. (laughs) In Atlanta, we call that 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 whole shooting over the goal constant thing, the Petty Martinez effect, except for without the excitement of it actually made me going in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really Anderson's only issue. But I do respect the fact that he, he has the confidence just to shoot it from 35 yards out just because he can. I really respect that. So uh, not really knowing much about, I guess, Legion, maybe this is an unfair question for you, but what do you think the final scoreline is going to be? No, I mean, it could be 109, and I would never know because I won't get to see it. I'm a little bit sour about that. I'm not going to lie, but um, because it does sound like it's going to be a very fascinating game. So I guess if we're only talking about, are we talking about just the first 80 minutes of the, or the whole overall score? Uh, just the first 10 minutes. I, I'm going to stay for the reserves match, and I want to be very interested to see what happens, but I'm not going to put as much weight into that as I will the first team. Yeah, so it's only 80 minutes. Um, It's going to probably, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I'm just going to assume it's probably going to be a little bit hot, so it might not be whatever, but let's call it, I'll say three to one Atlanta United, just because I think they'll concede the goal. Um, But I do think they'll be on the front foot most of the game and probably dominate possession and probably get some goals. For sure. I know last year, granted, that Atlanta United team that came to Birmingham last year, not as good in talent as the one coming this year and has a better manager. But I do think the quality of a team that Legion are this year is significantly better than it was last year. Depending on the team that Atlanta United rolls out and how they, you know, get out of bed and play that day, I think there's a world in which Legion can pull out a win. But it would probably be one of those like three to two wins or, you know, four to three, one of those where defense just doesn't exist and we get the last minute equalizer. But I think it's probably going to be more likely that the match ends up being a 2-1 win for Atlanta United or even probably a 2-2 draw. That's that's going to be the most likely thing to me. But there's definitely a world that Legion somehow pulls out the victory. But it just kind of depends on if Atlanta starts their true first team, or if they do, like you said, put out some young guys and put out some senior guys. You know, honestly, I don't want to sound too condescending, but if Atlanta United did lose this match, it probably would be a blessing in disguise just because uh, the next match would be a competitive match and they would have that little bit of extra chip on their shoulder and probably, you know, Gabriel Heinz would probably be, you know, furious at a loss in preseason like that but it would probably be good for him i mean i I hate to go back to the glory days quote unquote but we 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 kind of embarrassed ourselves on the last day of the season in 2018 against toronto or toronto fc when we could have won supporter shield and that kind of lifted us up mentally and to let us go in the mls cup run so maybe there's some kind of effect there if there there was happened to be a loss but you know i don't i wouldn't put it past uh, the legion to pull out a result who knows yeah, it's not very likely, and I think 
almost all uh, Legion fans will sit there and say, it's not likely that we're going to go out and put out a win. I think for a lot of supporters, it's going to be a measuring stick of, because last year, the match, if people remember watching it, Legion were really going toe to toe with Atlanta United. They weren't just sitting on the, you know, playing on the back foot and then getting a lucky counterattack. For the most part, it was very toe to toe and it felt very even the entire match. I don't think it's going to be that way this year. But most Legion fans know that this is really going to be a measuring stick of can we compete with the big boys? And for the fans, it's really like, okay. Let's do what we did last year. Let's show up, be loud, be proud, and let's show everybody in the South, especially, or even just America, that Birmingham has a real, you know, soccer-supporting city. And I think that's really the big deal for a lot of the Legion fans right now. Yeah, I think that's really the big difference between last year and this year between Frank DeBoer and Gabriel Heinze. There's really not going to – Elaine Nine is not going to give uh, – the Legion time on the ball and let them come up the field. It's either they're going to win the ball back in dangerous areas because they're high pressing the hell out of them, or they're going to get broken out and they're going to get countered like crazy. So one or the other is going to happen. It could be a, a track meet or it could be a bloodbath for Atlanta. So who knows? Yeah, that's totally fair. And I think every Birmingham Legion fan is, they don't want to say it out loud because it just sounds bad. But I think there's something in the back of our mind where we're like, realistically we could lose this thing for one we know that <laughs> but we don't want to say it because i think for a lot of us who are quote-unquote lower division fans it's like we want to think we're a little bit bigger than we are and there's a lot of talent on this legion squad but there's a reason that most now i will say the fact that bruno lapa is not in the mls or even mikey Lopez are not in MLS right now. It's an absolute crime, and I don't know why. It's probably international reasons for Bruno. I don't know about Mikey. But I think a lot of us are like, try to hype ourselves up. Like, oh, we could we could beat Atlanta United easily. We're winning 7-0 on Sunday, and it's not even going to be close. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think the confidence is similar for Atlanta United. I mean – if we did lose, I think the majority of the fans would be freaking the hell out just because <laughs> optimism is so high right now. But, you know, everyone's so excited for the season. We're so excited to actually not be terrible again. So a loss would be kind of devastating for the fans at this point. For sure. Well, you've given me a ton of insight, of not only just Atlanta United, but really just what to watch for because that's where I was a big loss at for you guys because I love watching the other team and breaking down at what's going on. So you've been a ton of a ton of help, and I hope everybody listening gets just as much from this as I have. And if they didn't, well, I learned a lot. So you did great, man. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, look forward to it anytime you want to have me back on. For sure. And where obviously everybody should go follow Dirty South Soccer. I think it's a must read for anybody, especially since there is a Legion portion coming out soon. That's a new blog coming out of Dirty South. But where can they find your personal Twitter, man? Yeah, you can just find me at, at Rob Ushery on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and I can't thank you enough for coming on, Rob. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I learned so much about this uh, Eleni and I squad. And the more I've heard, 
And the more confident I am, that's a bad thing because uh, I'm fully prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> um, I mean, Legion has so much talent, so much talent on this squad. And I mentioned Bruno and Mikey being easily MLS talent. We have other guys. I mean, I mean Alex, I mean, MVO, Ford, other guys are just studs, absolute studs on this team. And I love them all to death. And they, I think we can go toe-to-toe with Atlanta United. I think a lot of people are going to be very shocked with what happens. But I'm not a time traveler, and I have no idea what's going to happen. But I can't wait for the game on Sunday. Hopefully I can have some content coming out for you guys, but no promises. Absolutely no promises because I don't know if I could keep them. But thank you guys so much for listening. Go check out Dirty South Soccer. Check out Rob's Twitter account. It's a much re- it's a much needed read. And uh, yeah, keep hammering on.